of wow. sports.com, stitcher.com, iTunes, subscribe to this lovely, sexy, wonderful podcast for free. Tune in media for your mobile devices, Google Play Podcasts, and we are also on Spotify. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that we so lovingly call Bow on Bulls, the show totally, utterly, and foreverly dedicated to the Chicago Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Dave. I'm C Dub. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. It's 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 final four day <laughs> in the tournament of trans, sir. We got. I'm trying to. We we never came up with a cool term for the final four for the tournament of trash. No, no. It's funny because on the bracket I put final four. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's called the final four. It's definitely called. Yeah. Final. It's just we, well, you so, can't force certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can't. Trash four just didn't sound right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the fatal four. Right, right. right. This is, just, none of that sounded right. Just final four felt right, so we rolled with that. So, you guys are here for a special treat. And since it's just you guys are here for a special treat, we brought on a special guest. It's his first time on Ball on Bulls. We've been wanting him for a nice long while. I told him this when we were on, I was on another podcast with him. How I had his name written on my calendar as a guest <laughs> I wanted on this show. Um, I'm very happy that he's here. Uh, a really incredible, excellent writer. And I'm sure you guys have read it. If you are in Bulls Nation, you have seen his work. You have agreed, and I'm sure some of you have agreed, and I'm sure some of you have disagreed with his work, but that is the mark of a great writer, <laughs> honestly, because he made you feel something, and he stands on what he says. And so we have nothing but respect for him, and we appreciate him coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, we like to call him Pretty Ricky around here, because Pretty Ricky, what they call him, <laughs> our guy, Ricky O'Donnell. What's up, my man? What an intro. I can't live up to that, man. But thanks, <laughs> thanks Dave, for, uh, for having me, and Chris as well. Happy to man. be here. Thank you for being here, man. Um, before we get to the tournament, before we even, you know, kind of get to the Bulls, uh, we're very interested about uh, you just as a writer. Like, how, I think my first question is like, how did you decide? How What, what clicked for you and said, this is kind of what I want to do with my career is I, I want to be a writer. I want to be involved in sports like this. Yeah, I've just been doing it from an early age. I think uh, in like 2007, I was in college and I started my own Chicago sports blog. It was called Tremendous Upside Potential. And I didn't know (laughs) what I was doing. And I was writing every single day about the Bulls, the Bears, the White Sox, uh, and a little bit of just like, you know, various other things around sports that interested me. And I feel like a lot of that, though, that writing and those posts were probably like really bad. I was young, but it was like getting your practice reps, you know? Right. So I think that was sort of an invaluable experience for me. A few of those posts, you know, a couple of times it would get featured on Deadspin or Sports Illustrated. Like I would send the links around uh, and sometimes bigger publications would feature me. So I, and then I was a journalism major too. I went to Columbia College. So okay. uh, I was always in it from, you know, from the very start. I don't really know what, sort of inspired me to do it I guess I was I was born in the Jordan era in Chicago you know like when you grow up with MJ I was born in 87 so I remember the last three championships really well and I remember a little bit of 93 too Mm -hmm. and my dad is a diehard sports fan as well Uh, like when we were kids our family vacation was to Platteville, Wisconsin to watch Bears camp every single year and I would be there like going up to you know, Darnell Autry being like, hey, man, oh, you sign my card. So, uh, yeah, I guess just the way my parents raised me, I guess I was always a big sports fan. I always liked reading and writing. 
And so I kind of just got into it from an early age. And then I uh, went on to intern at the Sun-Times and I was writing about high school sports and I was like sort of a web editor there as well. Uh, Covered some high school basketball, covered a game when Jabari Parker was a freshman at Simeon. And there was always just so much talent in the city too. Like Ryan Boatwright was a guy I remember covering uh, out of Aurora. He went on to a really good career at UConn. And then after after that, uh, I just kind of kept doing writing on my own, trying to break in to find an opportunity. And eventually someone at SB Nation called me and, you know, asked if I would be interested in writing for one of their local sites, like the SB Nation Chicago site that they were starting up. So I got in there and I just have kind of been grinding away since. And I've been incredibly lucky in my career to be able to still have a job uh, in a really tough field. I never know when it's going to go away, but it's been, I've been just so lucky and uh, it's been fun. So I guess that's kind of how I got into it. And uh, yeah, now I'm still at SB Nation. I got a Bulls podcast, Cash Considerations, and I've always got my hands in a few things. So yeah, I think, I think that's real important. What you said earlier is, is when you started, you didn't know what you were doing, but you just did it. And I think that's important for people to hear because that's what Chris and I tell people all the time when they ask us, how do we get, we like, we just, just did it. And we, and we went at a turtle pace. Like, you know, we, we wanted to make mistakes and, you know, we knew we had to start somewhere and get better. And so I think that's important that you said that, cause that's basically putting in your 10,000 hours, you know, as they say. So I think that's real key. And that's, that's, that's really important. Um, and another thing you say, like, and Chris, you, you, I find this awesome. Like everybody we've asked this question to, it, it's dope that it's always a bond between that person and their father. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's why our last guest, I was like, was how about your mother? How much was, was right. she involved? But I don't we wanna, had Le- but, we had Lakino on, right, right? Right, but Ricky, I don't want to discount your mother. Now that sounds like she's a sports fan, but to uh, allow your father to take your family to Platteville just for the family vacation. Big props to her, man. Wow, <laughs> that could like that would not happen to my mom. My mom like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I would just go with my dad, right, and right. Uh, my mom love her to death. She probably doesn't know what a first down is, but she will always <laughs> be like, "How are the Bears doing? What's right. going on with Trubisky?" Like she wants to know. She has questions. She's engaged. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, my dad is uh, definitely a diehard sports fan, and I think that that's kind of how uh, I came up into it. Mm. Who was the best player that you yourself saw as far as high school is concerned? Like at the high school level, who was the best player that you covered? That you saw? Yeah. So as I've gotten older, you know, I started at SB Nation. One of my beats was college basketball recruiting. So I would go to the USA basketball training camps in Colorado for a few years. I really miss going to those. And then you would have the best players in the country. So like I did a big feature on Zion, talked to him. Uh, and his mom and his brother and his stepdad. So, I mean, he was probably the best overall player I saw. But locally, who was the best player I saw? That's a really good question. I actually, I think my answer is Jeremy Richmond, if you remember wow. him. He was an <laughs> Illinois commit, and I think he was a McDonald's All-American out of Waukegan. Uh, and Jeremy Richmond had one of the most incredible moments in Illinois high school basketball history, in my opinion, in the recent mm. history, at least. They were playing Brandon Paul's team. I believe Brandon Paul, he went on to play at Illinois too. He did. Uh, Brandon Paul was at Warren and Jeremy Richmond was at Waukegan. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and they're playing in, you know, the state playoffs. There's like two seconds left in the game. I think Paul hits a free throw ball gets inbounded to Richmond and he just rips a half court shot to win at the buzzer And the video is still on YouTube. You can find this video wow. of Jeremy Richmond's half court buzzer beater. So that's probably the one that really stands out to me. Obviously his career never took off. He uh, sort of had like a troubled personal life too. Mm-hmm. really just a sad story because he had a lot of potential. I thought as a player mm-hmm. uh, and at the time he was like an incredible get for Illinois and for Bruce mm-hmm. Weber. Like that was, I think it was Weber. Uh, who was still there when, Brandon, when yeah when Brandon Paul was it yeah yeah he was there. yeah so yeah just in terms of like pure high school players he was pretty awesome and then also like Jabari was just unstoppable I never saw D Rose at the high school level uh in in person I saw him you know televised and I've watched videos and stuff but Jabari at the high school level was just like he was just so big and such soft shooting touch got wherever he wanted on the floor and was just you know, there was no way to contain him offensively. So that's another one that jumps out. Was there ever a point that you kind of wanted to maybe expand, like, and go to another city and, and cover another sport? Or has Chicago just always been kind of the mecca for you? Because when we when we talked to Joe Cowley, he was like, once I got to Chicago, I didn't want to go anywhere else. This was mecca for him. So what, was that the same for you? Like, it was like Chicago and I'm good? For sure. I mean, dude, I'm a Chicago sports fan through and through. I was raised in the suburbs. So I grew up in Orland Park, which is southwest suburb, about 45 oh, yeah. minutes away. And I've been in the Park. city now <laughs> yeah. for like 13 or 14 years. Right. So I've just mm-hmm. always been here. Uh, I hope I never have to move for anything, but maybe I will. Who knows? <laughs> Depending on how my career goes or relationships go, stuff like that. So we'll see. But yeah, I would love to be in Chicago always. And, you know, yeah. I feel like this is my home and also like, these are the teams I know. These are the teams I grew up with. Like, these are the teams I want to cover in my career and write about in my career. So, yeah. Was, was there ever, ever like an event that happened that you wish you could have covered? That you were like, man, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have wrote that. And like in person? Happened. Yeah, like in person. I mean, in Chicago, just speaking Chicago wise. Yeah. Like, just that event. Uh, I mean, the moment that's popping in my head is Noah's steal in dunk against oh. the Celtics. And that, <laughs> that game six? Six, yeah. Yeah. Six. yeah. Yep. Yep. Incredible, yep. right? Like, I would have yeah. loved to be there. And actually, I was working at the Sun Times when that game was happening. Like, I had shifts at night. So we were working Friday and Saturday night. And uh, yeah, so I was like sort of watching that game in the office, but also had work to do. And I was like losing my mind that this insane <laughs> series was ever even happening. I really would like to go back and rewatch that whole series. I should do that because that was so much fun. But it was. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. the moment yeah. that jumps out to me. Wow. I have a question. Like, like, what about the game of basketball? Like, two. Give me two things about the game of basketball that really, that really like, like brought you into the, the into the sport. For sure. Well, I will say that like when I was on the come up, starting my career, I wanted to sort of be like the newspaper columnist who would write, you know, just all Chicago sports. That's kind of you know what I was thinking, and I got my you know my start before like Twitter even existed. I was writing blogs every day, like in two thousand seven. I remember when I first joined Twitter, I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is never going to last. Like, why, why, how is this going to be a successful idea? And now I couldn't even imagine like starting, starting a media career now because there's so much noise and so much conversation always mm-hmm. happening. But I guess when I got to SB Nation, uh, you know, they saw some of the writing I was doing about the Bulls 
and I kind of just fell into basketball. And so I was sort of an assistant MBA editor at first, and then we had no one covering college. So they they called me one day and they're like, hey, you're the college basketball editor now. And I did not know much about college basketball. This was the year Jabari was a freshman at Duke and Wiggins was a freshman at Kansas. Mm -hmm. So I think I was just tweeting about Jabari a lot. And like, I wrote a couple things about Jabari just because I knew him well and I had right. interviewed him before and was a, you know, knew, knew his dad a little bit too. And I think they just saw that and were like, all right, you know, you're the college basketball guy. And I ended up loving it. Like I totally, you know, dove into it. I ended up, uh, you know, I covered the final four, four or five times. I hope I get a chance to do it again in my career. Cause I always loved covering the final four. Yeah. That was super fun. Uh, so your question was just like, what are some things that drew me to it? I guess like, you know, just growing up a Bulls fan in the Jordan era, that's the natural thing. When my, my dad has a home video of me, like is a probably a four-year-old doing the starting lineup announcements and running around the house and uh, doing the glasses <laughs> for Horace Grant. Yes. So I would say that yes. that attracted me. Yes. And then, yeah, I, Iverson, right? Like I loved Iverson when I was a kid. Like that was yeah. one of my favorite players too. I always liked playing basketball video games when I was a kid. Oh yeah. So that was another thing I would say that probably attracted me to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and just the game in general, like I played when I was a kid. I was not very good. I still play as an adult. I played a couple nights ago uh, <laughs> in like a, you know, a 30 and over run. Uh, right, right. Giving them so, buckets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I got a few buckets. It was the first time yes, I sir. played full court since, oh, okay. since the pandemic, you know, started. Oh, wow. so, okay. Yeah. It was, it was a little rough on my legs, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. you know, I hit a couple threes. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. That's it. You How, How tall am I? Yeah. I'm a solid five foot six. Okay, okay. you and Chris. See, Chris, yeah, this is why Chris likes yeah. you. That's Chris. Okay. Well, you five six too, right, Chris? I'm, I'm barely five seven. Okay, yeah, he's five six. <laughs> I'm five seven with a fro. That's why I'm five seven. Dave, you're tall, man. What are you like? Six four? I'm six two. I'm six two. Six two. Okay. Yeah, I'm six two. So Chris, yeah, when he, whenever Chris gets somebody around five, he's like, okay, yes. See, Chris, you gotta come, man. We'll guard each other. Oh yeah. yeah. Sometimes Risky I feel like too. I got no one to guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris can play, man. Chris can definitely play. I, 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 yeah. I used to be able to play. Yeah, he was on it. Did you have did you have a sports moment that was just the saddest thing that you that you just covered and you were like, I don't I don't want to write about this because I can't believe I just really experienced it. Uh that. yeah, D Rose ACL tear. Mm. Easy. Mm. Yeah, super emotional. I used to write constantly about Rose uh, when he was in his heyday with the Bulls. And yeah, that was like my favorite player to write about. Uh, obviously, I followed his career since his Simeon days into Memphis. Right. Right. The Bulls winning the lottery to get Rose is maybe one of the great highlights of my Chicago sports fandom. You know, mm -hmm. like how many moments have been better than that? That was just incredible. And I sort of feel the same way about the Bears getting Justin Fields. Like the, mm. the vibes are just similar. I don't want to throw you know, too much pressure on the guy, but I'm super right. excited. Feel very confident that he's going to be a great player. Mm -hmm. uh, but the D-Rose ACL tear, I mean, that was just so devastating. And yeah, it hasn't been the same since, right? <laughs> it hasn't yeah. been the same since, man. But he's, he's still been good, but you're right. Yeah. It hasn't been the same. Um, <laughs> here's a question I have for you, man, because I wanted to know this. 
But the podcast you do, the awesome podcast you do, um, the Cash Consideration Podcast with our guy Jason. Um, <laughs> can can you say that that was born out of spite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, sure. Yes, okay. All uh, right. <laughs> I came up with the name. Jason okay. like came up with all these names that like people, you know, like the team probably may have embraced more you know, like bowls, puns and stuff. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, nah, dude, we got to make a cash consideration. It's like, twist the knife. Uh, because for a while, you know, let's say post end of the D-Rose Noah era, I felt an incredible amount of conviction that Garpax was terrible. And I was chronicling it constantly, writing about it all the time. Uh, in a lot of those articles would gain a lot of attention and people would be into it. Cause I think, you know, it just resonated with the fan base. The fan base was like, yeah, this is how we feel. And someone's actually saying what we feel. Whereas sometimes in like the mainstream media, like you're not going to say like, John Paxson's terrible. He should fire himself right now. Like you can't just say that if you're on WGN or something, you know, right, right. but I would just go, you know, just go on my TV appearances or in my writing and just say the thing. I wouldn't yeah. try to sugarcoat it. Yeah. And I had a lot of conviction in it. And, you know, I would, I think what you have to do is sort of like make concessions. Like, yes, this was good. This, the Eddie Curry trade was great. It was also 15 years ago. The Jimmy <laughs> Butler pick was awesome. They also went 0 for 9 after Jimmy Butler in first round picks. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I did feel some, I don't, I don't know if spite's the right word, maybe spite. Okay. But I just felt like they sucked and they deserved to, they, they, I just felt like the Bulls should be such a marquee franchise and it should be a franchise that star level players want to play for and that it should be, you know, on equal footing with, if not equal footing, similar footing with, you know, the Lakers, the Knicks, the big market franchises. Yeah. And I will say since Karnaschovas has taken over, like, I, I only feel more and more right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yes. Obviously, the path the Bulls took is risky. Every path towards team building in the NBA, there's a lot of inherent risk, unless you just like win the lottery, get super lucky, yeah. uh, find your superstar talent, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is kind of how I always wanted the Bulls to act in terms of like being creative, uh, making all these moves without creating salary cap space. I think that's sort of been an under rated part of their offseason activity before Garpax would, you know, clear all the salary cap space, lose all these guys and then not sign anyone. So to be able to do it over the cap has just been really cool to see. So it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's keyword Dick is uh creative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the very or sign in trades, you know, like they've yes. Garpax never could have five. Yeah. Garpax no, never could have no you're that. right. Four. four. <laughs> like yeah. that's crazy. Um, now, before I get into um, uh, the Bulls talk, I, I just have one more question. Has Garpax ever responded to you about the things that you've said or the, like no. even with a look or a note or anything like, has there ever been a response from them? To you? No, but uh, 
you know, the majority of the SB Nation writers are credentialed to cover games. They have never credentialed me. They have credentialed me for a regular season game a couple times, but even that, the last one was uh, right before they played Brooklyn in that playoff series, that seven-game playoff series. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I was in the locker room the last regular season game of that series, and Noah was soaking his feet in, you know, an ice bath, and I'm like, oh, my God, Noah's so hurt. His plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Is just like destroying his game and then he has such an incredible inspired series against brooklyn so no they've yeah. never really responded but uh they also don't let me into the games <laughs> and i just assume you know i would like to think maybe they had my face on a dartboard or something like when i was really going yeah. at them no they, they see everything <laughs> that's what i've learned they they see and they watch everything but ain't got to worry about that no more <laughs> that's yeah. done with that's over with, man. We can now talk about uh, the good times, the good things about the Chicago Bulls. Because um, you touched on it, uh, mentioning uh, AK and Mark Evans Lee, and especially a uh, shout out to uh, JJ Polk as well. Um, so as far as these moves have been concerned, uh, obviously they've been awesome. Uh, getting Lonzo Ball, you know, getting DeMar, uh, getting Alex Caruso, you know, making those moves, even Tony Bradley. Uh, but the latest move <laughs> that just occurred uh, was now the signing trade with Lowry Marketing, who is now in Cleveland, and the Bulls get back Derek Jones Jr., a uh, uh, lottery protected first round pick, and a second round pick, I believe, from Denver that Portland had. Um, tell me how you feel about this move. Uh, are you happy with the move? Was it the right move for the Chicago Bulls, in your opinion? Yeah. So I guess just when I first saw the tweet, I got Woj on text alerts, Lowry marketing, going to the Cavs, $67 million. I'm like, oh my God, if they get back Larry Nance, this is going to be such a slam dunk. Yeah. And it seems like they could have gotten him back, but I don't think they wanted it. Uh, which, fair. I mean, what do I know? Mm-hmm. But I thought Larry Nance would have been a really nice fit on this team because they kind of needed another big. They need some more beef in the front court. Agreed. He could have been like a four or five combo. He also hit 36% of his threes last year. So he's been, he's worked to become more of a floor spacer. So I was a little bit disappointed. They didn't get Larry Nance, but with that being said, amazing trade by the bulls and by Karnaschovas and Eversley to pull that off. Another moment where I just feel like Garpax never would have been able to do this. Like nope. they just figured out the perfect way to piece it together. Portland feels a lot of internal pressure from Damian Lillard to improve the team as much as possible this year. Portland's sort of in like a prove it year to their superstar. So Portland was a team that was like willing to part with the first round pick. The Cavs wanted, I guess, shooting and floor spacing. They probably think that marketing can play next to either Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. who they just took at number three overall. And so they wanted him. And then the Bulls from the start were like, yeah, we want a pick. And, you know, a rotation piece if possible i think they've always had their eye on derrick jones jr and to be able to land him that's dope to be able to get the pick incredible i mean we'll see if what happens with this tampering investigation like are they going to get fined a first round pick now you'll have that one right uh and you know to be totally honest like it's a trade deadline that pick and derrick jones like what's the best player you can get for that right he's making 10 million dollars We've seen Karnaschovas and Eversley have been so aggressive on the trade market mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's it's not like the old days, man, when uh, Garpax made one trade in 17 years, getting Brad Miller and John Sammons in one year. Oh, but besides for that, never made a trade. I guess yeah. they traded for Otto, but mm-hmm. 
but you know, basically never made a trade. Mm -hmm. And these guys are so aggressive in trading, which I think rocks. I'm very excited about that. And so, yeah, I think, you know, you fast forward to this season, no matter where the bulls are at the trade deadline, we saw what they did last year at the trade deadline. I think like that pick will probably just be trade ammunition, right? Like given the way we've seen him so far. So I think really good if they do end up keeping the pick, like I never thought you, you got to look like where the, where the blazers are at right now too, since it's the blazers pick, you can maybe make a case for the blazers just because like Murray's going to be out. Kawhi is going to be out. So like, where are the Blazers in the West? I'm historically sort of a Blazers skeptic, but Nance is really good. Covington solid. They added Cody Zeller. So basically like they had Enos Cantor and Mello. They did. Yeah. Bad defensive players. Correct. Really good offensive players. But like when your two cornerstones are Lillard and McCollum, who are also awesome offensive players, bad defensive players, mm-hmm. you just needed more defense around those guys right so to be able to get uh larry nance zeller's decent our boy tony snell coming in uh, off the bench yes, the, man, the legend had it in the corner of the bench so uh i don't like i could see that pick being like 19 20 that's pretty that's pretty great return for lowry marketing like a couple of weeks ago i would have been like yeah just give me a second rounder for him get him off the team but uh <laughs> I didn't want him to ruin the vibes, right? Like exactly. our vibes are good right now. We can't have exactly. marketing coming in and stinking them up. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. I'm very right. excited about the trade. I'm super excited about the season. I do think there's a lot of risk in their plan. And I think that there's a ton of teams around the league right now that are going for it. There's not a lot of tanking teams. I think that, uh, you know, the league saw the run the Suns made last year and the league saw the run that the Bucks made. And they are thinking, why not us? Why can't we right. do this? So, yeah, like one of the best parts about this season, I think, is just going to be that all these regular season games are actually going to be meaningful. And Dave, I mean, you did a nightly postgame show for multiple seasons Mm -hmm. when the games had no stakes, right? It's like the team stinks. We're just playing for the lottery. And now the games are actually going to have some stakes. Like they're going to play the Celtics on a Tuesday night. And it's going to be like, let's go. Let's win this game. Like these Bulls Knicks games are going to be like, Mm. it's going to feel meaningful. Mm. And that's, that's exciting to me too about this season. Hold on, Chris. Hold on, Chris. I want I promise Ricky, I'd show him this last time we talked. Oh yeah. Ricky, I told you. It's right out of Finland. It's right there, man. It's real. It's real that it's there. It's real. It's more, it's more like vinegar than, than uh, hot sauce. But <laughs> but I appreciate the effort. Have you ever Go, tasted it? I did. I, I had a whole thing of it. I, I brought it to NBC Studios and I was handing them out. And Matt Matt cracked it open right there. It was a ranch one. It was a hot sauce one. There was a mild one. And they were, you know, they were different because, you know, it's from Finland. You know, <laughs> so they were different kind of flavor. And they weren't terrible, though. That's one thing I can say. They weren't terrible, but they were different. And I did have a chance to show it to Lowry that I had it when we cool. went to media day. And I pulled it out of my pocket. <laughs> I was like, he, gonna, like, he looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, you know, I got people, Lowry. You know what I'm I was like, I get this. I got people and stuff. And he said, you know what he said? He was like, you know, I wanted to bring it in to the, um, to the team and, and show it to him. And, you know, see their opinion. He was like, but then I was like, yeah, I don't know. And you know what, Wild, when he said that, at that moment, I realized he was like 20 years old. 
You know what I mean? I realized he was not a, you know, because you look at these guys and their bodies and their stature, you're thinking they're grown men and stuff. Yeah. Just by the way he said that, I was like, that was real innocent. You know what I mean? That was real childlike innocence right there that he just said yeah. that with. Because in my head, I'm like, man, I don't care what y'all think. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to eat this all day, <laughs> pour it all over myself. I don't care what you like. So, I, yeah, I like that about him. I'm sorry, though, Chris. Go ahead. I know, I know Chris, you want to add. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's interesting that uh, Ricky mentioned that they're – of course, we are mentioning that, AK, you know, they're very uh, creative. But uh, this is their – they haven't made moves on their guys yet. You know, that's what I want to see. When it's easy to get rid of guys that you didn't drive, you didn't trade for. But let me see you. This is what happens when the guys you bet on don't succeed, and how you know how easily or willing you are to give up the talent that you acquired. But that, that but that's down the road. We ain't worried about that. Yeah. But also, yeah. Go ahead, Ricky. Now they don't have any picks left, right? Like, so now if they're going to be making a trade, I mean, maybe Lonzo Ball has some trade value. Like, love Zach. Hopefully, Zachary signs. Yes. Maybe they trade Zach to get a player who they think is better than him, right? So uh, Patrick Williams would be the other guy, the obvious guy, right? Yeah, the obvious Patrick guy. Williams is the chip, right? Correct. You can cash in if you really want someone. How valuable is he around the league? We'll see. I mean, it depends how he does this year. They decided to hold on to him for a second year. Uh, I am super excited about Pat. He's. Yes. I think that you know it's going to be an interesting year for him because. It feels like offensively, he's going to have a really small role. Like last year, he had a very low usage rate. He was pretty much just used as like a floor spacer, catch and shoot guy. I don't think that's the strongest part of his game. Like I like him handling the ball and being able to like, you know, try to take a guy off the bounce, get into his mid-range game. I think he's shown some good passing ability. So I just wonder like, where is he going to fit in offensively? But then defensively, he has a ton of responsibility mm-hmm. having to sort of tie together the defense in the front court. So uh, we'll see where, you know, how Pat performs this year, where his value is around the league. And yeah, I totally agree. Like, well, it was easy. It's easy to trade John Paxson's picks, but we'll see when it's your own guys. That's true. That's very true. And that's interesting what you say about Patrick. Uh, Cause I think Chris and I want that too, as far as, you know, seeing him with the ball in his hands kind of creating but I don't think he knows how to dribble yet. Like it, it, it hasn't really, he hasn't really been good at that. At least we've seen that in the summer league. He had, a, you know, quite a few turnovers trying to make moves. And as Chris kept pointing out to me, like he doesn't have a move. Like he, does, he still doesn't have a go-to move yet that he can do. But the great thing about it is he's not going to be asked to do all that stuff, you know, kind of this year. Um, do you see it kind of more, that style kind of more happening for him this year with the second unit? Cause I kind of see it. That's kind of where he'll get that opportunity to, you know, kind of fill that out. Yeah, totally. Like you can already see it right now. The first sub of the game, take Pat off the floor, put in Caruso. Mm-hmm. DeRozan slides up to the four and then they just like run that unit a little bit. I could also see that being the starting unit or the finishing unit. I should say, finishing. like, I think okay. they could close games with that, with Pat off the floor and with Caruso on the floor. Maybe like, we'll see what happens with how the matchups dictate it. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, when you do go to bench minutes, it would be cool to let Pat be able to run with the twos a little bit, go against bench guys, try to get his confidence up a little bit offensively and just take on more responsibility offensively than what he's going to get playing with DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see that. Uh, the Bulls bench is going to be, it's going to need some punch for sure. Like yeah. it's going to be interesting. Kobe is going to have a lot of responsibility. His injury this offseason totally sucks. Uh, this would have been a big offseason for him just to like skill development, physical yes. development. 
And Torin Labrum is a terrible injury. Like that's, he's not going to get that development because of the injury, mm-hmm. but he'll also make a full recovery eventually and he'll be back. And so like, you know, maybe in December, he's not at a hundred percent, but like by April or March, mm-hmm he can be like a really nice bench piece just to give you some offensive punch. So right. yeah, we'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. And I do think you could see Pat hopefully having some more responsibility against second units. Mm-hmm. You know, Ricky, I was talking to Dave about the Bulls team last night and I, I'm going to pose this question to you. Are the Bulls the most athletic team in the NBA? Love it. Yeah, dude. Lob city 2.0. We got Derek <laughs> Jones, Javante Green and Zach, all three of those guys are high flyers. And Caruso is going to throw it down too. I mean, he became sort of a cult hero on the Lakers he did. for his ability to slam. You mentioned like three other people. This is crazy. Like, I think this may be more the most athletic team in NBA history. It's just like athletes. Say it. I'm honest because like you in that you mentioned three people and you're missing like four other people in the team. Pat Williams is one of the most athletic people in the NBA. Levine. The Rosen is still athletic. Yeah. Athletic. You got Derrick Jones Jr. won a dunk, dunk contest, jumping over people from the free throw line. And you got Caruso. That's five people. Alonzo's athletic too, man. Alonzo's too. That, mm-hmm. They have to be the most athletic team in the NBA. I, I, I don't know any other team that has like five athletes yeah. like that. Who can all also I, play basketball? All I would say is that like Vucevic has below average athleticism. He's going to be on the floor a lot. I would say that Lonzo is below average athleticism, actually. I think that's sort of what holds him back. I think that he's able to overcome it because he's super smart. And long. Uh, But, like, he's not, like, a powerful run-and-jump athlete, right? Like, he's not a guy who's really going to, like, break you down off the dribble and dunk on you. Mm -hmm. But he's good. That's just, like, he's not, like, that speed-to-power sort of athlete. Uh, But the top-level guys on the Bulls, I mean, Levine has incredible bounce off the ACL tear is just unbelievable how he just hasn't lost anything. I think we might come back to this take a little bit later. <laughs> this uh, is correct. <laughs> you know, he's lost nothing. And Javante Green is a super good athlete too. Like people sort of overlook him, but I don't know if he's going to play at all. He is very athletic. And then Jones is just a total freak of nature. I mean, that guy, the Bulls should have the best dunk warm-up lines in the league. For sure. We talked about that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we were just saying that watching the layup line at the Bulls game is going to be awesome. Yeah. You see, like five crazy dunks in a row. Yeah. Like you got and, and this year, and this year, you don't have to see you don't have to see the Laurie marketing you know, between the latest dunk for the fourth year in a row. That's gone. <laughs> I got tired of seeing it's that dunk. I want to see something different every year. He always did that same dunk on YouTube when I do something yeah. else. But now, yeah, now we got some athletes, man, that can really uh, put on the show. Yeah. It, it, it is going to matter. Before. It excited yeah. you like early on, and then later you just got angry because you're like, "Why don't I Same. see this like, <laughs> in the game? Like, stop doing this!" It got angering after a while, man. That's true. Um, Ricky, w- with the moves that they've made, they still have, I believe, two roster spots left uh, to fill. Who or what would you like to see the Bulls go get to complete this roster this year? Yeah, I think that they still need some big wings or like a power forward type on the bench. Like they need some more beef on this roster. Mm -hmm. It's pretty thin. It's Vooch and Tony Bradley. And then Marco Marco, looked a little rough in summer league. Like (laughs) I wouldn't really be counting on that guy when you're trying to compete at a high level. What if Vooch gets hurt for Mm -hmm. 10 games? Like, so they need some beef inside Uh, in terms of who they could go after. 
<laughs> the biggest name on the market. I don't think I really want them to get this guy, but it would be interesting. Uh-oh. Boogie. Okay. All right. I don't you want know? to get Boogie either, but yeah. <laughs> Go <You know>. ahead. <laughs> uh, Aaron Baines, you know, I don't know if he's totally cooked, but he's on the market. Uh, yeah. I mean, Gary Clark, he's a defensive wing. He played at Cincinnati. I liked him coming out of the draft. He hasn't really established his place in the league yet, but he's an awesome defensive player who just really doesn't have much offensive game, but that could be a guy. I think Harry Giles is still on the market too. He is. Uh, you know, that could be another young big. So I would just look for someone like that. James Ennis is another guy or Enos. And then I think the yeah, obvious dude is Paul, Paul Millsap. If they could yes. get Millsap, that would be like the perfect guy, but everyone's going to want Millsap. And I think, just sort of reading the tea leaves, there was a recent report on Millsap, and he has a lot of suitors. They didn't name the Bulls in that. I think Jake Fisher for Bleacher Report wrote it. Mm-hmm. And they, he also said that Millsap could go into the season unsigned because, like, mm-hmm. he's just going to come to see, like, where can I get the best role, uh, maybe the most money, too. So Millsap would be perfect. Obviously, he has the Karnashova's connection because Karnashova signed him from Atlanta to Denver. Yeah. but I'm not getting my hopes up too much on that just because there hasn't been a lot of smoke on it yet, but a player that he would be the perfect guy, but you know, just another sort of big who could play the four space, the floor a little bit on offense would be really nice to get. Yeah. I think he's, I mean, Bill is who I'm just targeted in on. I'm, I'm <laughs> point blank, dead eyed range on Paul Millsap. And the one thing I've learned about AK and Mark Eversley is they go get their guys. If they want it, they go get it. And they've been really successful at that, starting with Billy Donovan. You know, like they with they want that guy, they go get that guy, and that guy comes here. Um, you know, you know we'll who see. else is still on the market too? Sure. Robert Ori 2.0. Luke Cornett, <laughs> unsigned on the market. <laughs> Thought we were friends, Ricky. Why you gotta do that? <laughs> yeah, I do that. <laughs> Would, would, would you would you would you t- actually I got a a man on the Phoenix Suns as Robert 2.0 down the road who's but uh the, the, uh, um, the uh Bridges, Bridges? Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah he's nice Bridges yeah because he's he's steady and he, he looks like to me like, a, like another version of Robert Orr. but Ricky what about um Aldridge Lamarcus Aldridge is he do you think he's too slow is he too old to be on his team well he had the health issue so he had the health issue and had to retire. So I mm-hmm. think that's the first thing, like, don't come back if you're going to die playing basketball. Like, you know, that's good advice, kids. <laughs> no team is going to want him to touch that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, if uh, if he's cleared to play medically. Yeah. I mean, I take LMA, you know, bench roll 15 minutes a game, 10 minutes a game, put him in. I think that would be interesting. And him and Vucevic do sort of have like somewhat similar skill sets where they can both post or pop. So you probably wouldn't have to change the offensive schemes too much. Yes. If you were to get someone like that, that could be uh, something to think about. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what his medical situation is currently. I just, you know, obviously remember his sudden retirement uh, right after he got to Brooklyn last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and the other reason I want Mil- is I love goons, Ricky. Like, I, I think <laughs> all teams need goons. And I mean, you kind of saw see that with Milwaukee. Milwaukee was full of goons. And in, even on Phoenix, Phoenix had, <laughs> had a good on their on, on their team as well but i like goons man and i don't think you can win without and Millsap is the kind of goon i think fits with this team more so than boogie would um yeah because Mil- Millsap count is is a little different you know it's a little more polished than his goondom 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a toughness to him. Like, I want teams when they see us to be like, okay, we can't go push these guys around because, you know, we still got this dude right here. We got to worry and contend with. Yeah, he would be awesome. I hope they land him. I totally agree that he would be a perfect fit, like, for what the team needs on the court and also just, like, some intangible stuff, as you mentioned. So, yeah. Who's the biggest goon on the Bulls right now? That's what I mean. Like, I I can't even point him out to you. Like, this dude is the goon. I guess it'd be Caruso is the, is the yeah, biggest goon right now. Like, so. he, he's the one, you know what I mean? That'd be the biggest one. But I like my goons who can get six fouls, you know, because I don't need them. You know, I don't know I'm going to yeah. need Caruso. So I'm like, well, you know, he go, he gets ejected from the game. We'll be okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we'll, we'll be fine. You know, it's kind of how I want him. Um, but looking at this team, Ricky, and you've seen all these moves that they've made. And obviously they're going to be better. Where do you have the Bulls finishing at the yeah. end of the season? Great question. I don't know. It's tough. Like, are they better than the Celtics? Are they better than the Knicks? Are they better than, uh, you know, even the Wizards will be pretty good with Dinwiddie and Beal. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. I think six is probably where I'd put them, which would be awesome. If you could get six, I think that, yeah. that would count as a really good season. You'd be out of the play-in tournament. You'd have a potential, potentially winnable matchup in the playoffs. But like every season, the thing that's going to determine this season, the biggest thing is just injuries. Yeah. So like, you know, they're going to have to stay healthy. They got a lot of, they got, got some older guys now. So those dudes are going to need to stay healthy. The whole team's, you know, going to have to, they don't have a lot of depth. So that starting unit is going to hopefully have to remain healthy if they're going to uh, achieve to the level that they want to this year. Six to me feels like a pretty good spot. Like you would have uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Atlanta, Philly over. And then the Bulls, hopefully. So we'll see. I completely agree. I, I have them in six as well. That's exactly why I have them. Uh, Chris, what do you what do you have the Bulls? Finish? Yeah, six or seven. I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're better than the Knicks. I'm sorry, I don't think we went. Yeah, they've been in the next. Think so? Thibodeau's yeah. such a nice good move. regular season coach. Yeah, Thibodeau, excellent Thib- in the regular season. I I know, but I don't think Randall is going to be. And I love, I like Julius Randall, but yeah, yeah. I, I think he, did, I think he peaked. Yeah, he <laughs> could think, regress a little bit for sure. Yeah, and Kimber Walker, you know, I, mean, I love Kimber coming in the NBA, but he's not like taking that next level in the NBA like I thought he would. And let's think the Knicks could be a really good team. I think the Bulls could be a little better. They should be a little better than the Knicks. Evan Fournier, it's not going to move the needle for you? <laughs> Are they playing overseas? Because I'm not that dude overseas. But is he in New York? I don't know how he's going to ball. Yeah, Fournier, it's like, it's like overseas Rubio. It's the same way. Like, yeah. yeah. He's a good player. I mean, they have a good team. I just want them. I think they should be better. Because I don't. But, but of course, we, we love the whole New York and Chicago matchup, right? Battle yeah, playoffs. man. Yeah. Right. It's so, that time. Yeah. I yeah. miss that. I miss those games. Um, I think Ricky's right. Like the wild card for me and all that is, is the Celtics. Um, because honestly, the Celtics could finish anywhere from five to 10, <laughs> like the, just depending on who can do what, because you have two great players on your team, but then you have a lot of questions after that. Um, uh, got a brand new coach, brand new guy in the front office who's never done it before. You got Dennis Schroeder, who I don't know where his mental is, uh, right now. Um, so they'll, they'll be an interesting team for me, I think. What, what do you see, uh, the Celtics? Yeah, I think Udoka is going to be an awesome coach. He has a really good reputation around the league. Seems like he was overdue to get this opportunity. Yeah. So I think he's going to be really good as a head coach. 
their starting five looks like it should be awesome Mm -hmm. with Schroeder, Smart, Tatum and Brown, and then Robert Williams. And they got some decent depth on the bench. Uh, I guess like Dennis is a total wild card. Like, yes. Where I think you you said it right. Like, where is he at mentally after losing ninety or seventy million dollars this off season? Like, that's got to weigh on you pretty significantly. Obviously, he wants to have a big year so he can get another payday next year. But yes. I also feel like once you take like a one year nine million dollar deal, dude, it's hard to it's hard to come back from that. Like, even like you know, people were saying Reggie Jackson was going to get a big deal this offseason. Reggie Jackson killed it in the playoffs yeah. last year for the Clippers. It was an awesome story. I think he got two years, twenty million. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of gotta just keep your dollars up always. Don't let your dollars drop. And he let them yeah. drop, and uh, it's tough. So, but from a basketball perspective, I think Dennis could be pretty good for what they need, which is just like a guard who could actually get in the paint. They haven't really had that, mm-hmm. and otherwise, like Tatum sort of becomes the point guard and Tatum's amazing. I think he's like a borderline top 10 player probably, Mm -hmm. but he's still very young. And yeah, like, you know, not everyone is meant to play like James Hart, right? Like it seems like a lot of the best players in the league have kind of taken that responsibility on and some guys handle it better than others. Tatum rocks. I think that he's a great player. Like I have, I have nothing to, I, I was, if we were going to do a tournament of my worst takes, I had Josh Jackson over Jason Tatum in that draft. Wow. That was a bad take. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's okay. not turned out to be a good player and Tatum's just a killer. Uh, so yeah, Celtics, you know, could easily see them being better than the bulls for sure. I think that'll be a team that they have to go against. I think injuries will probably be the biggest factor in deciding like how that, middle tier shakes out but uh you know the best thing about it is like we'll see well they're they're gonna play and it's gonna be fun those games are gonna be intense they're gonna be meaningful they're gonna have real stakes yeah so all good things this year uh let me ask you this one more question before we get to the uh tournament what's the one move that you've seen uh this bulls front office make that let you know that oh my god these guys are really serious about winning yeah uh well the Vucevic move was the first one I thought that was a little bit of an overpay you know that's something that I think we've seen from this front office is like they're willing to overpay to get their guys but then like a flip side of that too is like they're also sort of preying on the bad front offices and on the teams that like aren't as well run we saw that with the Pelicans and we saw that I think with Cleveland with this marketing deal yeah so the move that really made me excited was Lonzo when we got Lonzo, because like there's so much buzz about it, but like also he was a restricted free agent. The Pelicans just could have matched. The Bulls didn't have that much leverage in this, right? But they got it done. And they got it done because they convinced Lonzo that Chicago is where he needed to be. And wow, how many, like what? The Bulls yeah. don't do that ever. They're the <laughs> team that like strikes out on these guys. And of course, like Lonzo isn't like, you know, franchise changer, maximal guy. But also, you don't get a dude that age with that type of pedigree entering a second contract very often. So to be able to have him for, you know, what is he, 23 or 24? Like 24, 24, 24, 25, 26 seasons, he's only going to get better. And that that's really exciting to me. Like, I think Lonzo is just going to make the team more fun too. like uh, with his transition ability. They haven't had a passer as good as that. They haven't had someone as smart as that. So. I think that was the move that really got me excited. Mm. You know what the one what for me was? 
firing what? Jeff Tanaka. That's when I knew they were serious. <laughs> That's when I knew they were serious. I was like, they always serious? on brand, man. You're always coming back to Tanaka. Hey, man, he, he had to go. It's when I knew it. I had a hit list, Ricky. <laughs> he was the first. He was number two. And he was the one up out of here, man. When they did that, Rick, I promise you, I was ready. I was ready, man. Chris, I tell you, I was ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to why we're here. This is the final four of the seventh annual tournament of trash. This is the worst ball sports takes. These are the worst takes that Chris, myself, and our guy D. Jackson have made uh, over these sad years that we've been doing this podcast. It's been really awesome. We had D and Tony on on the first round. We had Celine uh, for the second round. And now, Ricky, the honor is bestowed upon you, sir, because you get to decide who goes to the championship round. And when we get to the championship round, uh, everybody on Twitter will get to decide who wins the Please Retire Norm Van Leer Trophy Award, <laughs> which is what you win for winning the tournament of trash. So, Ricky, this is the final four. I'll leave this up to you. Would you like to start in the trash region or would you like to start in the garbage region? Let's go in the trash region. Mm, mm. The two finalists are Ben Wallace is not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Ben Wallace <laughs> is not a Hall of Famer, said by D. Jackson. And against the number three seed, Levine won't be as athletic after surgery. He is a Ricky Davis type. Also said, <laughs> also said by D. Jackson. So Ben Wallace, not a Hall of Famer. D. Jackson and I would have this argument all the time mm. uh, before. He, he just didn't believe Ben Wallace should be in the Hall of Fame because he never averaged 10 points a game. Um, I said he has four, basically has four MVPs. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Dikembe is the only other one to do that. And there's no way you keep that out of the Hall of Fame. We made a bet that he would be in there without between the next five to seven years, he would be there. I won because he got there in four. <laughs> and it's always fun to just tell D. Jackson about that. And now he owes me a case of 805 beer. And I'm going to make sure he uh, pays up on that. Against the number three seed, uh, Levine won't be as athletic after surgery. He's a Ricky Davis type. Again, said by D. Jackson. He didn't believe it when he said it, when we said this on the show. I had to go back and dig, and I found it, and I played it for, for him. I put it on the show. Yes, you said this. You called him a Ricky Davis type, which I believe was just incredibly insulting. And it was just hilarious. And he, he has been even more athletic after his surgery. He is just, I mean, you wouldn't even know anything happened to him. He's just been amazing. You know, all-star, you know, now gold medalist. Like, Zach Levine has been incredible. So he has definitely surpassed uh, that take, both of them. He has definitely surpassed both of these. So, Ricky, it's on you, sir. Who goes on? The number one seed, Ben Wallace, is not a Hall of Famer. Against the number three seed, Levine won't be as athletic after surgery. He's a Ricky Davis type. I am all ears. God, you know, I think it's the Ricky Davis comparison that really pushes that take over the edge into the championship round because, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that Levine, you know, you could doubt that he wouldn't be as athletic coming off surgery. Of course, that would make sense. But a Ricky Davis type, I mean, that's just tough. So... I'm going to go with that with that take into the championship round. Oh, oh this, wow. This is amazing because my pick to go to the championship and win it all was that take. That was the take I bet on 
That is going to the championship round. I am very, very excited right now. Chris, you you good with this? Well, that, that Sherry on top about Enrique Davis type this this pushes pushes it over the edge. Yeah, man. <laughs> he said it with such conviction. When we listen back to I remember it. I remember David, I thought he was sick on the show. We was like, Are you okay? <laughs> and he and he doubled down on it. We was like, okay, like yes, he did. He doubled down on it. He did. He said he'll put up numbers, you know, like Ricky Day, he'll put up those numbers, but you know. He just won't be that dude like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, no, he's not Ricky Davis, though, bro. Not Ricky Davis. Like, oh, my goodness. So, yes, that will go to the championship round. Wow, that was awesome. Um, let's go to the garbage region. The number, the number one seed, Luca won't be good, said by uh, Chris, going against the number four seed, Lowry marketing, and we all know that was this guy, me, right here. Uh, Chris did not believe Luka Doncic would be good. Thought he was too slow. Didn't think he'd be anything in this league. And it was just fun to just like, hey, Chris, he just had another 30-point triple-double. Chris was like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I got to see a little bit more. Chris, dude, he did it again. Like, Chris, that's never really been done in NBA history. He just, yeah, you know, he's. It won't work. Let's see it, you know, later on. And then, you know, hits the game winner and stuff in the play. It didn't take long for Chris to, you know, it just took a couple of months for him to finally say, okay, yeah, okay, all right, fine. All right, the dude's good, all right? He's good. So, yeah, Luca being good. Against the number four seed, Lowry Markkinen. As you can see, I actually bought the man's hot sauce from a whole other country. <laughs> <laughs> I was in on Lowry Markkinen. I would exactly argue. Would take? I thought he would do? be, I thought he would be really, really good. Like, yeah. I just thought he would be that dude. I would. I wrote an article, Ricky, in NBC Sports Chicago, where I was comparing him his his journey to Dirk Nowitzki. I was comparing it because the same way I was, I didn't believe in. Well, I shouldn't say didn't believe. I believed in Dirk, but I was always hard on Dirk. I would be like, when Dirk would have thirty five, I'd be like, he should have had forty five. Like I was always because I saw how great he could be, and when it finally clicked for Dirk, Chris will tell you, like a tear oh, almost yeah. came out of my eye. Oh. I was so happy. My God, I was so happy for Dirk, man. And I loved, and I thought Lowry was kind of on that same path because it kind of mirrored a little bit. And it just, it has not clicked mentally for him. Like it clicked for Dirk. It clicked mentally yeah. for Dirk. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, yeah Dave stuck with it. I, I was on Lowry uh, bandwagon for a, while, for a little bit. Then I quickly went to the back cart a little bit. Like, yes, uh, you did. Dude, I, I but was Dave, Dave, with Dave NBA was, players. We're going it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dude, with the- Kendall Gill and, and Will Purdue, like, you guys don't know what you're talking about, all right? You don't care what you know. You don't know what you're talking about. Larry Marketing will be great. He'll be awesome. All, he'll make an all-defensive team, too. Yeah, he'll do it, Kendall Gill. You know, what do you know about defense, Kendall Gill? <laughs> <laughs> yes, man, I was all in, uh, Ricky, on Larry Marketing. So, who moves on, uh, Ricky? The number one seed. Uh, Luca won't be good against the number four seed, Lowry. Lowry Markkinen will be good. Yes. I, lo- <laughs> I love the per- dichotomy here. Yeah, per- well, perfect timing too, right? <laughs> as, uh, as someone who writes about the draft, covers the draft, I've had many bad draft opinions over the years. Kind of just comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. You never, no one's ever going to, you know, be able to nail that. I already exposed probably my worst one ever which was uh, Josh Jackson over Jason Tatum. But there's, yeah. there's many bad ones every year, of course, <laughs> with, as with everyone. Uh, but I was very confident in Luka. I thought Luka mm. was definitely the best player in that class. I thought that his 
resume spoke for itself in terms of like how accomplished he was in EuroLeague. And some people would say, you know, the guys there weren't as fast as they are in the NBA, but it just seemed like better competition to me than like the Big East or the ACC or like, you know, whatever Marvin Bagley was going against. So Luca wow. be good to the championship round. Wow. Pains me to say in the garbage region, he advances to the final. Ricky, wow. you passed seven. I thought we was, I thought we was like this. Boys. Come on, man. Short Kings, man, I know. It's tough. Oh, Short Kings got to stick together. Maybe I got to wear a hat, man, or something. This time. That's what it, yeah, get, get your beard right. You know, yeah. Get your beard tighter, man. Oh, man, all right. Luca's going to move on to the championship. So you guys heard it. Our championship will be the number three seed, Zach Levine. Won't be as athletic after surgery. He's a Ricky Davis type. Going against Luca. Won't be good representing the garbage region. This is a this is a championship matchup, Chris. This is what Ooh, it is. This I, I, this is a championship matchup. I, I gotta think it's gonna be t- it's gonna be one of our tightest. I think, and I think the the number three is gonna pull it off because the A. Rick Davis type really I think is gonna push over the edge. That's I think so. Yeah. I think it's gonna be close though. The closest. Yeah, it's gonna be close. I think it'll be close too, man, because a lot of people love Luca. But it's just the Ricky Davis <laughs> name when people see it. Like, like, like Ricky O'Donnell just said, like, it's just the name that says it. And when you see it, it's like, oh my God. So, oh man, all right. The finals are set. Um, Ricky, thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming on here. <laughs> Please let the people know, you know, where they can check you out at, where they can find you, and all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find all my work at SBNation.com. You can check out my Bulls podcast, Cash Considerations, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And on Twitter, um, at SBN underscore Rick. Yeah. You can check us out uh, at ballsports.com. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are definitely there. Follow us on Twitter at ballsports and follow Chris at ballsports1. And we are also on Instagram at ballsports. Chris? Yeah. And you can also check us out on YouTube. So we posted, um, pretty much going to post all of our podcasts down on YouTube. So you can find all the all the Terminal Trash uh, videos on YouTube and see Ricky Donald, see how pretty Ricky is. Pretty Ricky, you what know. they call him? On <laughs> <laughs> oh, your, 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 your computer. So, yeah, man, it's fun, man. Uh, great finals, man. I, I, I can't, yes. can't wait for the poll. This was awesome, man. Thank y'all for another spectacular year to turn with the trash. We shall return with another one next year. For our guy, Ricky O'Donnell, for my man, Chris, a.k.a. C-Dub. I am Big Dave. Y'all be blessed. Y'all be cool. We out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>